Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. You have your Bibles with you today? Well, we're going to be opening up here in just a little bit to the book of 1 Timothy. We'll be going to 1 Timothy this morning. I'm so glad that you are here. This morning, we're going to be talking about shipwreck. You know, uh, I don't imagine uh, any of you, perhaps you've had a boating accident or something, but I don't know if, if any of us have ever experienced shipwreck. But the shipwreck that we're going to be talking about is actually crashing in, you know, and, and, uh, and, and your ship sinking, just absolutely making shipwreck. And the ship will be your life, making life wreck. We're going to be coming from 1 Timothy in the first chapter. All right. The Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. You know, the Apostle Paul was getting a little older, almost as old as Darren. And uh, he's, uh, he had been serving the Lord about 30 years or so. And, you know, and, uh, and uh, he was coming to a moment whenever he was imagining that someone else was going to have to take the baton before too long. And someone else would be responsible to make sure that the kingdom of God and, and the church was okay in the earth. You know, everywhere the apostle Paul went, he raised up churches because churches speak of a longevity. They speak of a future. They speak of more than just, you know, um, um, a great revival or a great experience in Christ. You know, there are a lot of times that great revivals are wonderful and it creates a heightened awareness of Jesus. But when the revival's over, there's not a lot left in order to, to, to begin to disciple. It's almost like going out into a forest and, and cutting down a lot of trees and yelling timber. And there's a wonderful, you know, just a wonderful, ex, you know, experience of getting to see those big old trees fall. But unless you actually have someone who can... You know, cut the lumber up and make something, you know, valuable out of it and lasting out of it. You really haven't done everything that God would imagine you should do as far as church is concerned. So more than just having crusades and revivals, the Apostle Paul started churches everywhere he went. One such place he started a church was in Ephesus. Ephesus was a city during that time of about 200 to 250,000 people. It was the most demonic city in the Roman Empire. A temple, we know it in the New Testament as the Temple of Diana. It is better known in history as the Temple of Artemis. The Temple of Artemis had been in Ephesus since 740 B.C. By the time the Apostle Paul got there, you can read about it in Acts chapter 18 and 19. The last of 18 and chapter 19. Next year in 2020, it's my hope to take some of you uh, to Ephesus so that I can show you these things. Uh, we took a group uh, just a few years ago and we stood there in that big theater there in Ephesus. What, a, what an amazing place. Well, the Apostle Paul began a church there. He taught in a school for a little over two years. And it ended up that he won, as we understand from historical accounts and, and also from just the way the city was arranged, he won a lot of soldiers of the Roman Empire to the Lord. And we believe that it was by these soldiers who, who were brought there to this training 
facility they had in Ephesus that these soldiers took the gospel all over Asia because the Bible says that all of Asia heard the word of God from Ephesus and someone had to carry it so it was a marvelous marvelous plan that God had and and uh, the most demonic city they had been, you know, passing down books of incantations and curious arts and all types of other things for 700 and, and you, know, you know, between 740 and 800 years. They had been worshiping, you know, the devil and demons and, and you know, false gods in this city. So much so that the Apostle Paul, whenever he held a great revival there in Acts chapter 19, uh, the people that were getting saved were bringing all of their books and all of their witchcraft stuff. They were bringing out, and the Bible says they burned them, and the price of it was 50,000 pieces of silver. A piece of silver in that day was equal to a day's wage. It was, what was burned in one day was equal to 50,000 days of labor. My goodness, uh, 50,000 paychecks. They got paid, you know, on a daily basis. 50,000 paychecks. Can you imagine that? Wow, burned in one day just because of this great revival. Well, the Apostle Paul left Ephesus. And at some point later, he sent young Timothy, his son in the faith, to become the pastor of the church in Ephesus. And then he writes letters to Timothy encouraging Timothy what Timothy needs to do because Ephesus is not an easy place this is where the Apostle Paul was ran out of, completely out of the city he was you know dragged into the theater and 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 they were going to kill him and if the if the city manager have not you know spoken up and said listen we're gonna get in trouble by the Romans if we don't stop this you know, I mean, it was, a, it was a hard place. It was a difficult place to minister. And so Timothy was, you know, young in the Lord. And, you know, uh, he had been a disciple of Paul. And Paul sent him to Ephesus to help the church continue to be strong. And we understand, uh, you know, uh, uh, many of our um, scholarly uh, best understandings is that Timothy pastored a church there which was perhaps the largest church in Christendom for centuries. We're told that there were perhaps 15,000 all the way up to perhaps 65,000 Christians in the church that young Timothy was the pastor of. And you can imagine you know, not only is it tough pastoring in a city that is filled with demons and, and filled with witchcraft and, and filled with, you know, Roman soldiers and, 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 and filled with a lot of trade going on, but also now he is uh, the, the, the extra weight and the extra burden of a lot of people getting born again and handling, you know, the, 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 the needs of all of those families came upon his plate. And so the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy to encourage him not to get tired, not to get weary, not to, you know, not to let his guard down. And he gives him a key on how he can stay strong so that he does not make shipwreck. Have you found 1 Timothy chapter 1? 1 Timothy 1 verse 18. I'm reading from the New King James Version. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Wow. Now, Timothy, 
I am charging you. I'm commanding you. I'm laying this at your feet. This is what I want you to do. This is what you need to do. You need to, according to the prophecies, you need to pay attention to the prophecies you have received. You need to pay attention to the words that God has given you in the past, whether they were from the Apostle Paul or whether they were found in prayer or from somewhere else. Uh, you know, Timothy, you need, I'm, I'm charging you, pay attention to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that you might use them, that they might be a strength to you, that by those prophecies, those prophecies might enable you to wage the good warfare. Having faith and a good conscience. That means, you know, knowing, believing that you're where God wants you to be and knowing that you're doing what God wants you to do and having a good conscience, which some having rejected, some having put away, some people have, have left the faith, some people have stopped believing that they're where God wanted them to be. Some people, their consciousness, they don't think that they're doing what God wants them to do or, they, or they're unsure or they're in, and, and they're unsettled concerning the faith and they have made shipwreck. They have, they have run aground. They have, they, 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 they have, you know, destroyed the vessel that they have been, you know, riding in. They, 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 they are no longer secure. They made shipwreck. They had a wreck. Why? Because they stopped believing what God had said to them previously. And they ended up forgetting. They ended up even rejecting it, putting away. This concept means that you decide that maybe I'm not in the will of God. Maybe this is not what God wants me to do. Maybe all this that I've believed is wrong. Maybe, maybe there's not a God. Maybe he's not good. Maybe he's not some, you know, somebody that you can trust. Maybe, you know, maybe I've gotten out here walking on this water and now what am I going to do? You know, I can't do this. And you began to make shipwreck. He says, of whom? There are a couple of other guys that he talks about. Of whom are Hymenius and Alexander? Now, Hymenius is, 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 is mentioned elsewhere in Timothy. And Alexander, of course, is, is, is mentioned in the book of Acts. We know that these two men uh, espoused false doctrine. They began to teach. If we were to study these two men, these two men once started out believing God. They started out trusting God. They started out good in the church and strong in the church and helping the church. And then they got to a place where they just didn't even believe it anymore. They didn't believe what the Apostle Paul had told them. They didn't believe that Jesus was coming again. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They thought it was already past. And, and Alexander started evidently making profit and, and making merchandise of people. And, and, and he ended up doing, as, 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 as the, the, the Apostle Paul will say later, that Alexander did me much harm. They began to even talk about the preachers that were preaching faith. Talk about the preachers that were preaching grace. They began to talk about the preachers that were preaching resurrection and a future and a hope. Anytime that somebody was saying things are going to be okay, things are going to work out, God loves you, has a plan for your life, he's worthy, he's good. I know that trouble, I know that tragedy, I know that problems exist, but let me tell you, there's a good God. He loves you, he has a plan for your life. And people that were preaching that, Alexander evidently and, and Hymenaeus, they, Hymenaeus they, were, they, were, they were evidently speaking out against this and they were trying to say no. No, the resurrection has passed. No, you know, uh, for, for example, God is not a good God. No, God does not have a plan for your life. You can't trust him. And, and, and they did Paul much harm, much evil. So he says, these who have not continued 
to hold on to the faith and the good conscience. These that have not remembered the words that God gave them and the prophecies that came to them. They started well, but when trouble came, they let go of what God had said to them. And he said, I have delivered them to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. He's not talking that he, you know, commissioned them to hell. But he, he wanted them to understand what it was like to be out from under the umbrella of grace, out from under the umbrella of God's blessing, out from under the umbrella of God's will, and out from under the umbrella of the church. And so that they might learn that they don't need to be out bad-talking God. They don't need to be out there saying bad things about God and the Holy Spirit and faith. They don't need to be out there counterpointing the Word of God. Amen? Yeah. Speaking against the Word of God. Evidently, these prophecies are very powerful. A prophecy is a word from God. It's an announcement. A prophecy is just an announcement of the will of God in your life. You see, God is announcing what He wants to do in your life all of the time. And if we will only walk before him, and if, if, if we will obey him, then these words that he has given us will come to pass. You know, prophecies are conditional. Just like God said to Abraham in Genesis 17. He said, if you'll walk before me and be perfect, if you will walk before me and obey me, I will make my covenant with you and I will multiply you exceedingly. Well, these words that God gives us are powerful. And if we will hold on to them and not allow ourselves to be blown off course, not allow the winds of adversity, of trauma, of tragedy, of disappointment, if we will not allow these things to distract us and not allow the hardships of life to detour us and derail us and ultimately destroy our faith in God and our trust in, in, in God's good word, if we will not allow ourselves to be blown off course, then we can protect ourselves from shipwreck. There are three ways that we receive prophecy. Three ways that we receive words from God. Evidently, as Paul is saying to Timothy, it's important to remember what God has said to you. Well, let me ask you, has God said anything to you? Has God told you anything? There are three basic ways that we receive words from God. You know, uh, the first way is by the word of God. That's how we get direction. That's how we know what to do. That's how we know what to think. That's how we know what to believe. That's how we know what to say. That's how we know how we should feel and how we should treat our neighbors, how we should treat our spouses, and how we should, you know, live our lives. It's by the Word of God. The most sure word of prophecy comes right out of the Bible. And we are so blessed in this generation to have a Bible. You know, Timothy did not have a New Testament. Timothy had an Old Testament, but there were even generations in the Old Testament that did not have the Word of God. Today we are blessed. We have the Word of Almighty God. And the most sure way to know and to, uh, that you're in the will of God and, and to develop a good conscience that you're pleasing God is to go to His Word. When that Word that I'm reading, which is in the Greek called the Logos, when this general word of God jumps off of that page, when it explodes in my spirit, in my mind, when it, the Logos, becomes Rhema, 
becomes the living word of God. I mean, it is, it is alive and powerful here. It is the general word of God, and I should follow it and obey it. But every now and then when I'm reading through this, something on the inside of me says, amen, that's for you. That's, you know, I mean, when I go to the word and I'm looking for an answer and I'm looking for help, I'm looking for direction, I'm asking God what I can do. He invariably gives me something that explodes on the inside of me and becomes a reality to me. And it's not just something written on a page. All of a sudden, it is life to me. It is health to me. It's strength to me. And I say, God, amen to that word. The word of God. That's the most sure word of prophecy. When the Holy Spirit, who is our guard and our guide, whenever he, he guides us to truth and we experience that explosion of the written word of God and it becomes a living personal word to me. Wow. You know, the Holy Spirit will confirm the word God has for you in your spirit. And when he does, don't forget it. You know, I have a life scripture. Do you have a life scripture? I have a life scripture. God has given me this scripture. I, uh, I can't tell you how many times he's given it to you, to, to, to me. It is, it, it is powerful. It's, it's, it's marvelous. It's, 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 it's something I've held on to in times of trouble, in times of difficulty. I keep going back to it. And I've gone to meeting after meeting where there are preachers and preachers and preachers. And I've had people come up to me in grocery stores, in hotels, and give me this particular scripture in critical times when I needed it. In fact, on the, on the day that I first walked down the aisle and told my pastor that I felt like God had called me to preach, you know, I was, I was so afraid. And after they prayed for me and after I shook all the hands, I went home devastated. I went home and fell out on my couch and I just thought, oh Lord, I've made a mistake. I can't be a preacher. Lord, you know me. I can't do this. There's no way in the world. You know, how could you use me? Lord, I should have just been quiet and silent. I'm going to go back up there tonight, Sunday night, prayer meeting, and I'm going to tell them I made a mistake. There's, I mean, there's no way in the world I can be a preacher. I said, and don't try this at home, by the way, but I was just so, so uh, needy in Christ, and God was so good to me that I said, Lord, I'm going to give you one shot. I'm gonna, there was a Bible laying on my chest, and I was crying, laying out on the, on the couch at home. And I said, Lord, I'm going to throw this Bible up in the air, and I'm going to catch it, and I'm going to put my finger on the Scripture. Don't do this, okay? <laughs> Nobody told me not to do it. I'm telling you not to. You know now, okay? I didn't know any better. But when I threw that up, I was weeping. I caught it up in the air, and I put my finger on Verse and I brought it down and I told the Lord, unless you tell me that I'm called to preach, Lord, I am not, I am not going to believe it. And right there it was, my life scripture. Luke 4, 18, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering a sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And the Bible says, and then Jesus closed the book. I closed the book, and I said, God, I will never, ever, ever doubt again that you have called me. I still don't think I can do it, but I am never going to doubt that you called me. Oh, I can't tell you the number of times that I have faced circumstances and situations over the past 40 years that I've wanted to quit, I've wanted to stop, I've wanted to walk away, but I have never wondered if God called me. 
And that one word has kept me. It has kept me harnessed. It's kept me with confidence and faith that Almighty God has called me to preach. He's anointed me. Let me tell you, that's what you need. A good word from God. One word from God changes everything. Another way that we receive a word from God is by the Holy Spirit of God. At times, you can be moved by God to give yourself a word. Hello? Oh, I tell you what, I don't know what I would do through the years if I was not willing to open up my mouth and let God talk to me. I know me better than anybody else I know except God. And ain't nobody give me a tongue lashing like I can. Sometimes I don't like to take it, but I do. Nobody is more trusted in my life than me. I trust me. When I'm in need of a word from God and I go to his word, you know, he supplies his word. But there are times when the Holy Spirit moves upon me and I know that God has something he wants to talk to me about and I just allow him. I will open up my mind and let him interrupt my thoughts and many times he comes in and tells me what to do. And most of the time I have the good sense to do it, by the way. And, uh, but, 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 you know, you recognize it and you need to realize it. And then I'll open up my mouth and just go ahead and prophesy to myself. I will just uh, speak in tongues and ask God to give me interpretation of it so that I can have a word from Almighty God in critical moments of life, in circumstances and situations that are beyond my control and I don't know what to do. I can come out of the shadow of that prayer closet understanding that I have heard from God and I have faith and I have direction and confidence in that because God has spoken by the Holy Spirit through me to me. I write these things down. I've got them all the way back. I got books all the way back from 1980 of books just filled up with things that God has said to me. And I go back to them time and time again through the years and look at it and just make sure that I'm rehearsing what God has said to me because I don't want to make shipwreck. A third way that God can speak to us is by messenger with a message from God. You know, I, I trust God's word completely and I have great confidence in, in knowing that God has spoken to me through me. I also like it when other people give me a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom that lines up with the word of God and, and, and a word of prophecy that, that on, the, on the inside of me the Holy Spirit is saying amen and, it, and it's in agreement with God's word. It seems powerful. This is something that, 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 that I do on occasion. In fact, uh, this next Wednesday I'll be in Dallas and, and I've, I've received an email. They want me to be prayed up because there are a, a lot of people. They want me to stand up and say, thus saith the Lord to a lot of pastors. I'll, I'll you know, uh, that's how they, I mean, I can't tell you. How many times people have given me a word from God and it be the one thing that anchors my soul, my mind, and my hope and steadies my course and steadies my hand and makes me able to stand against the enemies of my soul. I enjoy receiving prophecy from others. It's important that you remember and write these things down. As well, it's important to remember that most prophecies, as I said earlier, are conditional. 
And they depend in part on you continuing to do what God wants you. Just because God said something to you, you know, God has not obligated himself. He is not obligated to fulfill prophecy in the lives of disobedient children. Jeremiah 18 from the New Living Translation. And if I announce that I will plant and build up a certain nation or kingdom, but then that nation turns to evil and refuses to obey me, I will not bless it as I said I would. God's not obligated himself to do anything in our lives if we stop doing what he's asked us to do. And this is the situation with Hymenaeus and Alexander here, they, they, they had been called by God and no doubt they had received great words and great opportunities and potential and, 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 and they had a great future ahead of them. But they made shipwreck. Having left the word and left the principles of God. Prophecies make a big difference. Whether God's speaking to us, through us, or through others. I can remember about a quarter century ago, I believe it was about 1991, I think it was, Pastor Ken and I were in the city of Metairie, Louisiana. You remember that? We were having lunch with another minister. We were at Bennigan's. He had, he, we'd met us at Bennigan's, and we were sitting you know, on one of those high tables, you know, on those bar stools that your feet either dangle or else you have to find. You're, you're, you're hoping to have a cross piece just right so you can you know, put your leg there. And, and we, we were sitting there, and we were enjoying our time with this other minister. Pastor Ken and I had driven down there about 250 miles or so from here, and we were just enjoying ourselves. And, 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 and uh, I think I might have been eating a Monte Cristo. I'm not sure, but that's generally what I had at Bennigan's. And, man, I'm getting hungry for one right now. But... Uh, but all of a sudden while I was eating and we were talking the Lord interrupted me he interrupted me right here and he said something to me and I just stopped and then I said Ken I said God just spoke to me Ken said well what did he say <laughs> I said God just told me that our church is going to plant a church in Russia and that we're going to raise up the team out of our church. And even the pastor uh, is going to come out of our church. And we're going to fully fund it. We're going to pay for it. And, and, and we're, we're going to, you know, uh, uh, build a church in Russia. Ken said, oh, man, you know, great. And the other guy that was sitting there, he had some connection with, with things uh, like that. And, and he said, well, that's, that's good. That's, that's nice. You know, but his, his imagination was we aren't going to be able to do it. You know, that, that's, that's kind of nice. Bless your little hearts. Well, yeah, but you know, I mean, you know, it's not, you know, you're, you know, yeah, that's, that's, oh, nice, nice pine, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I remember Pastor Ken told him, no, you don't understand. If God said do it, we're going to do it. And so we came back home and, man, we didn't even know what to do. But one of the things we held on to was the word of the Lord had come to us. We held on to it with faith and with confidence. We didn't know what we were doing, but we couldn't do it anyway. And so God began to supply. And while he was working on us and working in our church to supply, he began working behind the scenes on Pastor Robert and Charlotte and their family. Pastor Robert was a businessman, an owner of a business here in, 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 in Mid-County, a large business. And it was quite busy in his business. And God began to move on his heart to be the pastor of that church in Russia. Can you imagine that? 
He ended up over that next year li uh, liquidating his business and, 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 and uh, you know, uh, getting all ready. And then they took a few trips and, and our church got everything together. And, you know, the next summer we sent 36 people from our church and we carried drums and we carried, you know, a generator and we carried, uh, you know, uh, uh, singers, musicians. We had already learned songs in Russian and we did uh, And they had already been over there, just went over there cold turkey to the city of Yashkarola. And uh, in the Mariel Republic, it had been closed for 70 years. There hadn't been a witness for Christ there. And, and they pulled into that city, did not speak Russian. But yet they were able to go ahead and get enough hotel rooms for our team. And our team got there. And we had daily street meetings. And we had nightly uh, uh, crusades. And we left there. Our team came back after two weeks. And they stayed three years. And let me tell you that today we have, you know, now not only has that church, and not only is it blossoming, and doing wonderful and great and powerful but it's been responsible for starting other churches and, and you know every month I mentor about 50 pastors in Russia. Isn't that crazy? It wasn't easy for Pastor Robert and Charlotte to go there and do that. I can remember the first time I went to visit you guys. Pastor Robert said give me some wisdom. Do you have any wisdom for me? I, Not really. <laughs> I've never done this before, Pastor Robert. Looks like you got it on the ball pretty good. He kept on, kept on, kept on asking me. So I said, okay, I'll give you one piece of wisdom. You remember what it was? Don't judge success on a weekly basis. Because some weeks it's going to look good and some weeks it ain't. Hold on to what God said to you. Hold on to it. For he who calls is faithful. And he has been. My goodness. Now we have grandchildren churches over there. We have churches that speak French in Russia. We have churches that are from Africa in Russia. We have churches, we have, I mean, on and on and on and on. We just went this past year. When did this past year we were over there, uh, guys, and, uh, you know, the big church conferences? It's just amazing. And the pastor of the church, 14 years old, the first time he came to church, and he became a pastor from prophecy. He never had heard, I mean, he, he just came to church. Very first time he'd ever been to church and received a prophecy. You're going to be a pastor. Well, now he's the pastor of all the churches there. By the prophecy, it wasn't easy, but by prophecy, the, those, those words that had gone on, words from God that you hold on to in times of crisis, in times of difficulty, realizing that I'm, it's, it's not what I'm going to, through rather. It's not what I'm going through, it's what I'm going to that counts. Amazing. Yashkarola Christian Center. My goodness. Man, get on the web. Do you, you, you have a, a, well, you can see the pastors of that church at some other point. I won't interrupt them. You know, when trouble comes, many times we found victory in the situation before we found victory over the situation. And the victory we find in the moment, the victory you find while you're in the situation, while you're still in the troubled marriage, while you're still in the failed business, while you're still, you know, wrestling with that sickness and that disease or that worry or that concern or, 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 or the children aren't doing what they're supposed to do or, or, or you don't know what to, you know, in, in that job or that business, you don't know. Getting victory in the situation, getting a word from God in the situation gives you victory where you are and you realize that this is God. 
God's. It's not mine anyway. And if God wants it to go, it'll go. And here I am, God. I'm not going to give up on you. I'm not going to begin to blaspheme you. I'm not going to begin to say that you can't. I'm not going to begin to say that you're not able. I'm not going to begin to say that you're not good, that you're not loving. I'm going to hold on to what you have told me. And I am going to see victory. That is what we do with the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is powerful. It's powerful. It is powerful. Listen, any person armed with a word from God cannot be defeated by conquest, but only by consent. Let me repeat that first part. Any person armed with the word or a word from God cannot be defeated by conquest but only by consent. Just refuse to consent to your defeat. If you're in trouble, God's word will always be, I'll get you out if you'll follow me. Always. You're always going to hear from God, okay, I can. Always going to hear from God, okay, follow me. Always. Always hear from God, yes, it's this way. Always. God has a plan for us always. Paul told Timothy, use the prophecies that you have received. Use the words from God that you have received to wage the good warfare, which some having put away, which some having blasphemed, have made light of. They've made shipwreck. I want to encourage you. Write down the words that God gives you. Hold them dear to you. Rehearse them over and over. Tell somebody else what God's going to do in your life. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. It's power. A few years ago, I had preached so many times in a foreign country and had come home and preached, I think, three or four times here that weekend. And after the last one on a Sunday, we were in our, before we moved into this building, I, I think I did a Saturday night and maybe three Sunday morning services or so. Hopped in a car, me and Ken, Brenda, drove to Dallas and prayed over a pastor that we were setting in a new church there. And then we drove to Texarkana. We sat down to eat late at night and I put a bite of food in my mouth and next thing I know Pastor Ken was on top of me going are you okay are you okay are you okay I don't know what happened but my lights turned out actually my heart stopped beating and boom I was down on the ground and uh, you know he gathered me up and he put me in the back seat of his car I, I still don't appreciate that by the way <laughs> It was his driving. I thought, I think I'm going to live <laughs> if he makes it to the hospital. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of construction. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm joking, Ken. 
And I was flopping around in that back seat. He was driving, dodging, you know, cones and, and going, you know, off pavement, on the pavement, uneven pavement around everything, you know, and got me that 28 miles because we were out in the boonies, got me that 28 miles and, and uh, got me to the hospital. And, and they, they, they told me, you know, that uh, uh, immediately put all kinds of stuff on me and all these doctors and all around me. And they told me, look, we don't, we don't uh, you know, we don't know what it is, but your heart won't keep beating. It beats a little while and it quits. Beats a little while and it quits. We don't know what it is. And, uh, you know, and they were hurting me. But, <laughs> but they said to me, if there's anything you want to do before you die, you better do it right now. I said, well, give me a phone. They gave me a phone and I called my daughter. I called my daughter and I said, I said, hey, honey, I'm in the hospital, emergency room. And uh, the doctors tell me I'm fixing to die. And I just wanted to let you know. And I want to tell you that what I have taught you is the truth. Don't you change what you believe. Do not adjust your theology to accommodate a tragedy. If I die, my life is, always has been, and will be in the hand of the Lord. I am, I am going to heaven. I'm good. I'm okay. Not that I want to die, but I want to let you know, don't change. God's a good God. He's a healing God. He's a loving God and a caring God. You keep believing that, honey. Okay? I love you. Now, would you pray for me? She prayed for me and hung up, and then I called my son. Told him the same thing. You know, God's a good God. Don't change what I've taught you. I've taught you the truth. God's a healing God and a good God. But if this is my time to go, I'm okay with it. You know? I love you. Pray for me. Pray for me. Well... Just a little bit later, it seemed like everybody left the room. I don't know why, because they kept running in there. I would set the machines off. My heart would stop beating, and they'd run in there. And, and the, the doctor uh, said to me, every time we come in here, we think we're going to find you dead. Now, there was a lot of comfort right there at that time. <laughs> you, know? you know, and they're praying for me, and everything's going on good and everything. But, uh, you know, uh, Everybody left. I don't know. I, I don't even know how it happened. I don't know how it happened. But somebody came in and unplugged all the things off the thing. You know, he was, uh, he was about six foot one, he was, you know, little hefty, not fat, just, just strong, big, in white, uh, uh, whatever, scrubs. And he pushed me out in the hallway and pushed me down the hallway. I don't know what time it is. It must be, you know, two or three in the morning. I don't know. Pushed me down the hallway. And then he opened up a door and he pushed me on that little bed, pushed me into a dark room and shut the door. I'm laying there on the thing and I'm thinking, I wonder if I'm dead. <laughs> no, I did. I'm okay. I, you just, if you know me, you know that's, that, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to get every squeeze I can out of this. I'm just going... I wonder if this is what it feels like to be dead. I don't feel nothing. I don't feel anything. I wonder if, hmm, this is interesting. And as I'm laying there going, this is interesting. My eyes begin to focus in that dark room. And, and, and up at the top, there was a wallpaper. And I don't know why, but this is just, you know, it's strange the things you remember. But I began to see the, the wallpaper. I could see that there was a line of wallpaper up there. And just when I began to focus and realize I could see something, uh, God spoke to me. And he said, I told you to do this. That's what he said to me. I told, well, he had told me back in 1980 to do something. 
but it's not up to me. I couldn't make it happen. It was something that God had to make happen. And he said, I told you to do this. I said, yes, sir, you did. He said, have you done it? I'm thinking, oh, I'm in trouble. But there's no way, I mean, there's nothing I could do to do it. I said, no, sir, I haven't. He said, you're not going anywhere till you do. I said, okay. <laughs> A word from God gave me such confidence. About that time, they opened up the door and somebody said, here he is. They found me. I guess an angel had taken me down there. I don't know. Here he is. And they said, man, they came down and said, oh, my goodness. You know, you where, 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 where'd you go? I said, well, y all, y all, somebody took me down here. They said, we've been wondering where you were. And they, they pulled me out. I said, I said, give me my clothes. I'm going home. They said, you're not going anywhere. You're about to die. I said, I'm, I'm not going to die. I said, Brenda, Brenda, call the kids and tell them I'm going to be okay. Tell them daddy heard from God. God spoke to me and told me I'm going to be okay. She said, okay. So she wouldn't call them and said, daddy, I mean, you know, I mean, a word from God changes everything. Right. Here I am. I don't know. This is 20-something years later. Wow. One word from God. You got to hold on to those things. You know? You got to hold on to it. Let me encourage you. If you don't have a life scripture, if you don't have a word from God, if you don't know what you're doing and what God wants you to do, if you don't have any, I'll call them promises from God, okay? And realize they're conditional, okay? They are conditional. But if you don't have any confidence in what God's going to do in your marriage, if he's not spoken to you about your relationship, about your finances, about your job, about your business, about your school, about your future, if he's not spoken to you about something he's going to do in your life, then ask him to. He might do it right here from this word. Now, don't just go here and try to cherry pick something that, 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 that God's not speaking to you. That, that, won't, that, that ain't happening, okay? But you'll know it. Whenever it jumps off that page and overwhelms you and becomes the rhema word of God for you. Let God speak to you in your nighttime. Hear him. You know, ask God to send someone to give you a word. And when he does, if it's in agreement with the word of God, if it is, if it is you know, in your spirit an amen, just receive it. And say that, you know, my greatest day is yet ahead. My greatest day is yet ahead. God's always got something planned for me. Okay, amen. Well, don't forget the prophecies that have gone on before you. Use them, as Paul told Timothy, that you might wage a good warfare by them.